This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Oh, it is a great day, Chicago Bulls fans. Welcome into the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast here on the Hoop Ball Network. My name is Greg Moraz, your host. Appreciate everybody that is tuning in today. A happy Monday to you. Hope that you had a safe weekend for those of you that celebrate Easter. Hope that you had a happy Easter for those of you that celebrate Passover. Hope that you had a great Passover. And for those of you that celebrate anything in between, we hope that you enjoyed that as well. I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm fired up. Because the Chicago Bulls, for the first time in what feels like a long time, did something right. On Wednesday night, it leaked from Adrian Wojnarowski that the Bulls were going to hire Nuggets GM Arturnus Karnaschovas as their new executive VP of basketball operations, replacing John Paxson. And I had talked about Karnaschovas as one of the two main guys that the Bulls were targeting, the other one being Bobby Webster. Now, as the search played out, it appeared as if the Bulls were not going to land any of their top candidates. They had to go back to interviewing guys like Danny Ferry and, oh my gosh, Brian Colangelo, who of the many burner accounts was probably the last option that they wanted. But as we had talked about in our previous episode, in the search for the general manager, or rather the executive VP, that all-encompassing basketball czar, as we might put it, that people may not be attracted to this job because of the potential contingencies. Those two contingencies being Gar Foreman and John Paxson staying around and having to keep Jim Boylan on as coach. But it has become clear through the process of what has gone on from the hiring of Karnaschovas to hiring J.J. Polk of the New Orleans Pelicans as their assistant general manager that the Bulls want to do this, they want to do it right, they want to burn what they have to the ground and start over. Not completely burn it to the ground, but burn the management side to the ground. It came out in reports from Joe Cali of the Sun-Times and from Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago that John Paxson had no participation in any of these interviews. There have been reports coming out that said that John Paxson would be willingly able to step aside and let whoever this new person was completely take over basketball operations. That is some self-admission of failure that I don't think we've seen from the Bulls or rather anybody in a Reinsdorf-owned organization in a long time. But Michael Reinsdorf was willing to open up the pocketbooks and do this right because he saw the writing on the wall. He saw the United Center was not filling up and he saw that the product fell flat of what was expected this year. A lot was expected of the Bulls this year based on what not only Jim Boylan said, but what Paxson and Gar Foreman said before the Bulls started this season. And it was an epic failure on all accounts. There was a lack of development, and the only person that was worth coming to the arena to see was Zach Levine, and toward the end, Kobe White. But the Bulls used this period to make the changes that they knew they were going to make if the season had gone to a normal end, and we'd be probably entering that playoff period right now. 
I don't exactly know when the playoffs were originally supposed to start. It always feels like it's around this time. You're listening to this podcast on April 13th. It's usually around that second week of April that we get the NBA playoffs started. The Bulls got a jump start on everybody. They knew they were going to make these changes, so they got a chance to interview everybody that they wanted to. And granted, there was a stigma around the Bulls organization, and that's why they didn't necessarily interview guys like a Chad Buchanan. But it seemed like toward the end of this decision that it came down to either Arturis Karnaschovas or Justin Zanuck, the assistant general manager for the Utah Jazz. And I liked Zanuck at first because Zanuck had experience as a GM with the Bucks. His title is as GM right now with the Utah Jazz, although the former GM, Dennis Lindsay, is now the president of basketball operations. And he's a Northwestern guy. He worked for Mark Bartlestein, the mega agent who's based out of Chicago. It seemed like a really good fit. But what Karnaschovas had is a great scouting background. So let's give you a little bit of an insight into Arturis Karnaschovas because for a lot of people, they may not necessarily know who he is, what his background is. He's the assistant general manager, or rather the general manager under the president of basketball operations in Denver, Tom Connolly. Now, we had gotten into it on the last episode. What Karnaschovas was great at and what he's known at as being a really good scout and development guy. But what Karnaschovas is trying to do right now in the way that his staff is assembling is he's getting a guy like Polk from New Orleans that's really good with the salary cap, that's really good with contracts, because Karnaschovas understands that he's not very good in that department. He knows what his strength is, which is scouting and player development. He knows what his weakness is, which is contracts and cap management, and brought somebody in that can help him with that that can help the Bulls go forward and put together a team of guys that will be developed from within and sign guys from the outside that have value, but you're not overpaying for them. Really, the only bad contract that you have is one more year of Otto Porter Jr. He'll probably play that year out. Maybe the Bulls can dump him in the middle of next season as one of those expiring contract dumps for somebody that might need him toward the end. And potentially be able to pick up an asset or two that could contribute down the line. I think that this is a fantastic hire, but let's go into a little bit more about who Arturis Karnaschovas is. He actually played on the 1992 Lithuanian Olympic team, the team that ended up finishing third to the Dream Team in the Olympics. And there's actually photos that have come out of Karnaschovas taking pictures of Michael Jordan during the championship game. I mean, I think that that's pretty darn cool, that you have somebody that was so fascinated by Michael Jordan that he's willing to take pictures of MJ during the the Olympics, and now he's going to go work in the house that MJ built, the United Center. So what is Arturis Karnaschovas's career as an executive? So let's go through this a little bit. Karnaschovas played at Seton Hall, but never made it in the NBA. While playing on the Lithuanian Olympic teams, he was playing in Europe for most of his playing career. He retired in 2002 and worked in the NBA's basketball operations office from 2003 to 2008, and then became an international scout for the Houston Rockets for five years. He also was directing the Adidas EuroCamp at the time, which is a prep tournament for European players that are picked in the NBA draft. He did that in 2011 and 2012, and it was that work that got him the GM job with the Nuggets in 2013. So already you can tell that Karnaschovas is a guy that values scouting, that values player development. Because he was an international scout, he knows how to scout the European market. Think about this. Do the Phoenix Suns and the Sacramento Kings pass on Luka Doncic 
if they knew what he was going to become. The Atlanta Hawks drafted him and then traded him to the Mavericks. The Mavericks did their due diligence, and I feel like there's a lot of value in being able to be an international scout and finding that talent that isn't necessarily in the headlines in American news publications. Think about somebody like a Nikola Jokic or a Yusuf Nurkic that both played for the Nuggets at the same time. I mean, Nikola Jokic is a superstar, and who got out and got that guy? It was Karnaschovas. Think about this. The Bulls' main European pick was Niko Mirotic. And we all know who Niko Mirotic was. He was a flawed shooter that was probably one of the worst defenders ever. But Nikola Jokic turned into one of the best big men in basketball. And Karnaschovas saw the talent. He saw a dumpy European center and turned him into a fit, svelte superstar. That's what this guy can do. This guy knows the scouting circles. He understands how to grade a player. He understands how guys get positioned in a draft circle. He knows what intangibles to find in certain guys, and he knows what intangibles probably will make a guy either more or less valuable than the next guy. That's why the Nuggets are so good. The Denver Nuggets have turned into one of the best teams in basketball in the last two years because Karnaschovas knew how to develop from within. And Tim, he and Tim Connolly are able to find guys that they can bring in from the outside at a decent value like a Paul Millsap, but still be able to draft and develop their own guys. Think about this. Gary Harris, the former Michigan State guard, the Bulls drafted him, and they ended up trading him to the Nuggets, and the Bulls ended up getting Doug McDermott because of that. And who's had the better NBA career? I mean, Nine guys out of ten are going to say Gary Harris, and the one out of ten that says Doug McDermott probably are his family members. No offense to Doug McDermott, but he'll never have the same type of career that Gary Harris has already had. Karnaschovas knows what he's doing when it comes to player development, and that's what's the most encouraging thing about this hire, is that he is going to be able to bring a new sort of scouting light to the Bulls that they haven't had in years. And the Bulls have drafted relatively well. They just haven't developed guys as well. Now, Gar Foreman was known as a pretty good scout, but his time had come and gone, and the Bulls were stagnant in terms of their development. You would see a lot of guys that were highly talked about that didn't develop to the best of their abilities. I think the biggest example of that is probably Laurie Markkinen. I remember watching Laurie Markkinen in college and thinking, this guy is going to be a superstar. And he comes into the NBA, he has two decent first years, and then completely regresses in year three, and who knows what's going to be left of him in the final year of his contract before he hits free agency for the first time. I think that there's a lot that can be had still with Laurie Markkinen. And you bring in a guy like Karnaschovas, who knows player development, and is hopefully going to hire the right coach to work with a Markkinen, a Wendell Carter, a Kobe White, Chandler Hutchison, Daniel Gafford. Heck, if you want to throw Denzel Valentine in there, you can do that as well. Now, recently on the Bulls Talk podcast, Mike Singer, who is a former NBC Sports Chicago writer and current Nuggets beat writer for the Denver Post, came on the podcast to give his opinions on who Karnaschovas was. So I'm going to read his quotes verbatim. Here's the first one. Quote, This is probably the most significant move they've, meaning the Bulls, made in terms of franchise overhaul, in terms of rebranding a team that's frankly lost a little bit of their shine across the league. Having worked with Arturis, this is the type of guy who's extremely thorough, extremely pragmatic. He's really, really intelligent, 
really, really respected, and has a network that cuts across the entire basketball world. Singer continues, quote, The Nuggets knew he was going to ultimately run his own franchise. There are quotes from Daryl Morey, Tim Connolly, that it was going to happen in due time. So if I'm a Bulls fan, I'm very excited. There's a lot more substance here than Flash, and I think that's really, really important when you're overhauling a whole franchise. One thing to keep in mind is Arturis is very buttoned up. He can come off as reserved. He can come off as keeping things close to the vest. And I read a Yahoo report that the Bulls want to find someone in the GM role that has some presence. So in Denver, at least for context purposes, he and Tim Connolly worked very well together in a sort of yin and yang type thing. Tim was very gregarious and outgoing and front-facing, and obviously addressed the media when it came to draft stuff, when it came to free agency, and Arturis is more behind the scenes. I really think that's going to be his most significant change, is having to be more front-facing, having to answer questions, having to potentially deal with criticism that frankly has not been at his doorstep before. So in terms of his hires, I think he's going to look to hire different personalities because, again, while he's very buttoned up and definitely does have a lighter side, I would assume he might hire someone who is a little more established, at least from a public perspective. And he finishes up. I think he has really good relationships with coaches around the league. With Nuggets coaches, he has really good relationships, obviously, within the front office. I think players respected him a ton. You even saw several players in the wake of the news touting Arturis and endorsing him. You saw Yusuf Nurkic tweet something. Obviously, they have a history. He's from Eastern Europe, and Arturis had a hand in drafting him in the 2014 trade with the Bulls. And I also saw Patrick Beverly tweet something endorsing Arturis. I can't say this enough. This is a guy who is widely respected and goes about his business. So what you look at in Arturis Karnaschovas is somebody that, honestly, if you want to go with a Chicago sports comparison, might have some similarities with Ryan Pace, the Bears GM. Now, Pace came from a scouting and player development background and is very quiet, buttoned up, close to the vest. Doesn't necessarily like to let you know what he's thinking. And granted, Bears fans have a frustration with that, but I think that Karnaschovas is going to hire a lot of people around him, again, starting with J.J. Polk of the Pelicans, that are going to help him do his job better. He's going to beef up the scouting department. He's going to beef up the analytics department. This is somebody that understands that he has to do a lot in order to get this right. And given that this is his first opportunity to be the head honcho of a franchise, he is going to take every step necessary in order to do that, which means having the go-ahead from Michael Reinsdorf to be able to open up the pocketbook and hire whoever he wants in order to do this. Now, Karnaschovas may end up still being that buttoned-up guy that works behind the scenes. But does he hire a GM, a second-in-command? Because in these scenarios, we know that the VP of basketball ops is the head guy and the GM is the first mate, effectively. Does he hire somebody that's a good face in that role? Does he hire somebody that you can trot out in front of the media and be able to transparently answer questions? I think he does. And I think Karnaschovas, and he has not met the media yet because his hire isn't officially official. The Bulls haven't announced it yet. I don't necessarily know when league policy says that they can, but this is somebody that is probably going to be acting more in a Ryan Pace type of role, and you're not going to hear from him a ton. But I feel like you'll have transparency from him because he understands that he has to be transparent given this role. This is a team that has a talented core, but a core that you probably haven't gotten the most out of. And so when you bring somebody like Arturis Karnaschovas in, he's expecting to turn this from good to great. Or rather, it's not good, but he's expecting to make it good and then make it great. 
I look back at the building of the Golden State Warriors, and that was not built overnight. Steph Curry played for a year under Don Nelson, and then you drafted Klay Thompson when you did. You were able to draft Draymond Green when you did. You had Harrison Barnes as a key contributor. You made a good trade for Andrew Bogut. You also were able to sign and trade for Andre Iguodala, but it all started with Curry, then the drafting of Thompson, and then being able to make all these other moves, and the Warriors became a dynasty because they had a good combo of building from within, developing the talent that they had, and also acquiring established talent that didn't necessarily break the bank. And I think that's the critical thing to understand here. Talent that didn't break the bank. Bogut didn't break the bank. Iguodala didn't break the bank. So what are the Bulls going to do to be an attractive free agent market again? People talk about the summer of 2021. People could even talk about this summer if it ever gets to free agency. Anthony Davis is from Chicago. Is this convincing enough to bring him home? You know, if AD just wants to be in L.A. because of LeBron, I mean, I don't necessarily know if you want to commit to being in L.A. long term because I don't necessarily know how many more years LeBron James has left in him. And I feel like the NBA being put on hold might have spoiled LeBron's last best chance at winning another title, at winning his fourth title. And I think it's pretty clear at this point that LeBron James is never going to catch Michael Jordan in terms of the amount of championships when you're talking about the LeBron versus MJ conversation. If you want to talk about the summer of 2021, Karnaschovas is well-regarded in international circles. He's an Eastern European guy. Could you get Giannis Antetokounmpo to come down I-94 from Milwaukee and sign a contract to play with the Chicago Bulls? Could he have that type of influence? Potentially. Who knows? J.J. Polk being in New Orleans. Could that guy be able to draw Anthony Davis to Chicago? Who knows? I think hiring Karnaschovas is the first step to changing Chicago's reputation as a basketball town for the better, because right now, or at least in the Gar Foreman, John Paxson era, it did not have much prestige. It had prestige during the Tom Thibodeau era, but as time went on, it got less and less prestigious, and quite frankly, I don't think that there was anybody that would willingly want to sign with the Bulls if it was still the regime of John Paxson and Gar Foreman. Now, Jim Boylan is a different question altogether because Jim Boylan's status is thrown up in the air. We don't know when the NBA is going to start again. So is this season going to be completed? I don't think the Bulls can in good faith make a coaching move or at least a permanent coaching move until they know that this season is either A, going to resume or B, be outright canceled and done with and we have no champion for this year. I almost think that with Karnaschovas, he wants to be able to wait for the right candidate before he makes a move. So I don't necessarily think that you can make a move right now in terms of changing coaches. I think Karnaschovas is going to do his due diligence and scout out the best available candidates that he feel like could fit his vision for the Chicago Bulls and that will be willing to come here. And those candidates may not be available now. They may not be available a year from now. But maybe he rides it out with Boylan for one more year and ultimately decides what he wants to do from then. Or rather... He starts to build up the reputation of being a good developer of talent, a good scouter of talent, and a great drafter. And that makes it an attractive opening for a coach. So if the Bulls 
end up hitting a home run in the draft this year, and we don't know when the draft is going to be because there's talks that that's going to get pushed back now. If the Bulls hit a home run in the draft, that makes this opening that much better. And the Bulls may end up at seven again, but we talked about it. You bring in somebody like an Onyeka Okongwu who can be that true five that you've been looking for, who can drive the lane, run the rim, create space in the low post, defend, block shots. That guy is going to make this head coaching position extremely attractive because I still feel like having a true five, even in the modern NBA, is going to be a big asset, especially when you have size advantages on guys who are 6'9 and have the body and girth of a small forward. I still think that coaches want a true big man. Karnaschovas was able to draft and develop two premium big men. Now, guys that can also face the rim and be able to take jumpers in Nurkic and Jokic, but still develop those big men. And I think that Okongwu sitting there at number seven, given that Karnaschovas likes versatile big men, he'd be willing to draft one of those guys there, and that makes the head coaching position that much more attractive. Now, Boylan thinks that he's safe. Boylan has confidence in his job security. But again, we don't know what's going to happen with the timeline of the NBA season and whether or not the Bulls feel like they can make a move before this season is officially canceled. So I think that Jim Boylan at least is safe for now, and Karnaschovas is going to have to establish himself before he decides to make a move. Oftentimes, you end up seeing a new GM come in and give the coach one year before he decides to put the kibosh on it and bring in somebody else. That's what happened with the Chicago Bears. They hired Phil Emery as their GM to replace Jerry Angelo. He gave Lovey Smith one year, fired Lovey Smith after a 10-6 and season, which was the biggest mistake in Chicago Bears coaching history, and hired Dr. Death, Mark Tressman. Ugh. I'm sure that any Chicago sports fan that's listening to this just shudders at the thought of Mark Tressman, who may be one of the worst coaches in Chicago sports history. If I had to go with a Mount Rushmore of the worst coaches in Chicago sports history, I would have to go Jim Boylan, Mark Tressman, Terry Bevington, and I don't know if you can necessarily classify this as a Chicago coach because they don't play in Chicago, but maybe Tim Beckman? The famous football coach who tried to turn Wint into an analogy, Wint, W-I-N-T, winning is necessary today. And then Oski, that stupid acronym that he used at Big Ten Media Day and ended up getting fired like three days before the season started and they replaced him with Bill Cubitt. I think Tim Beckman might be up there. So Terry Bevington, Tim Beckman, Jim Boylan, and Mark Tressman, the Mount Rushmore of the worst Illinois sports coaches ever. Now, I'm sure people could probably think of worse Illinois sports coaches, pro or college. But in any event, with John Paxson's influence pretty much minimized, I think that's the end of Jim Boylan at some point. I don't think Karnaschovas comes in and commits to Jim Boylan as his coach long-term. Certainly, there is somebody in Karnaschovas' circle that he trusts a lot more to be able to be a successful NBA head coach and help develop a franchise. They certainly got the right coach in Denver in Mike Malone and probably find somebody similar to that to take the reins in Chicago. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Sincerely appreciate you listening. Make sure you check out all of our other Hoop Ball podcasts. Look us up at HoopBall.com. Search Hoop Ball in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out all of our team-specific podcasts. You can look that up on the podcast tab at HoopBall.com. 
want to check out all of our content. We're building out a great platform over there, and we hope that you will check it out. As for this podcast, what are we going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks? Well, I definitely want to make sure that we stay on this talk of the Bulls front office, what Arturis Karnaschovas does when he brings on his GM to go along his assistant GM, J.J. Polk, what he does in terms of the coaching search, what his decisions are one way or another. And even when he does his first teleconference with the media, it's not going to be a full press conference because of what's going on with COVID-19, but his first media session, what he will do with the Bulls then. And we'll find out a little bit more about what his vision is, what he's expecting over the coming months, over the coming year, and so on and so forth. So once we finally get to hear Karnaschovas talk to the Chicago media, I feel like we're going to get a lot better vision in terms of what he's planning to do first and foremost going into the summer months, or at least when the official offseason actually begins. The one other thing that I do want to bring up on this podcast is that starting on Sunday, ESPN for the next five weeks is going to be airing two parts each of the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Now, where I live, I don't have cable. I don't have ESPN+. Plus, But I do want to find out some way that I can be able to watch that documentary or at least get up to speed on the first two episodes and let you all know what I think of it. I've been looking forward to this ever since the news of it came out last year. I think it is going to be epic. I think it has the potential to be the best thing that ESPN Films has ever done. It's not a 30 for 30. It is an ESPN Films documentary. They are going full out. They have President Obama as a part of the interview process. That just goes to show you the lengths that they're going to to make sure that this is a full, encompassing story. I want to give my thoughts on it. I want to hear your thoughts on it. You can email me. Greg.Moraz at Yahoo.com. That's G-R-E-G dot M-R-O-Z at Yahoo.com. If you have any questions, suggestions, anything you want to know about the show, you can tweet me at Greg D. Moraz. You can also tweet us at HoopBallBulls. We have our own Twitter account, HoopBallBulls. We want to build up the following of that. We want to build up the following of all of our team accounts on the HoopBall Network. So, until next time, rejoice, Bulls fans. Our answer has been given. Arturis Karnaschovas, the new executive VP of basketball operations with your Chicago Bulls. It's a great day. The future looks bright. And the Bulls, for once it feels like, have done something that can make us all look up and just smile. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. And as always, Go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.